Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart, giving you all the tools you need to create an amazing real estate career. Led by top experts in the field, you'll learn how to sell more houses in less time while creating the life you want. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. So we are going to, we're going to talk about having parties, throwing parties, right? That's always fun. Uh, a lot of people kick around having client appreciation events. A lot of people want to do it and never find the time to do it. I'm here to tell you why it's critical that you do do it. And I'm going to give you a little bit of the science behind it. So um, the whole sort of plan that we developed was born out of this book called The Seven Levels of Communication written by Michael Maher. And uh, in the book, he actually talks about a thing called the communication pyramid. So if, if you haven't read the book or seen the book, I strongly encourage it. It'll, it'll enhance the relationships in your life. I mean, it's actually that powerful. But we, we're going to talk about the communication pyramid because client appreciation events are near the top, right? Noth, nothing's as good as a one-on-one face-to-face -on -one -face conversation with somebody if you want to drive engagement. But if you look at this pyramid on the screen right here, you'll notice it escalates at the bottom from advertising and direct mail all the way up through the various types of communication you can have. And I did a video one time, you could probably find it on my YouTube channel, but it, it was called the communication continuum. And if you think about it, a, a message that's delivered either on a billboard or digitally via email or something like that can communicate information, but it doesn't drive any engagement, right? So the idea is you always want to be moving up the communication continuum. Someone's chatting at me. Thank you for sharing that, Lisa. Um, and, and as you work your way up, you also will have more influence, right? So let's dive into kind of the, the, um, the levels of this thing, right? So at the bottom, it's called the informational zone. Right. So that's how you can deliver messaging. You can talk about sold homes. You can talk about trends in the marketplace, those sorts of things. It's meant to inform. But at the top is the influential zone. Right. That's where you can actually have an effect on the way someone thinks and acts. Right. So the influential zone is where you can influence, you can convince, you can sell, you can persuade. Whereas in the informational zone, all you're really doing is informing, confirming, or updating, which is not a bad thing. It's something you should have as part of your routine. Um, if you guys are familiar with some of the stuff I do, you probably have seen my market update video. I do that every month, and I've been doing that every month for over six years. And it's, it's very effective at informing, right? But it's not going to cause someone to take action. It just keeps me top of mind. And... The key thing is to be super effective, you got to have that one-on-one -on -one conversation with folks. And a client appreciation event is an awesome way to have several of them, right? It's certainly not the depth of meeting somebody for coffee by themselves, but you do get to have, it's almost like uh, it's better than a receiving line at a wedding, right? It's more than just a high congratulations. It's a, hey, how have you been? you know, 60 to 180 seconds, hopefully, and you're able to really impart uh, that you care about people, right? So that's where client appreciation events can really have an impact. So we've done 
a variety of them. Uh, you can see we have a shred event. We've done uh, Toys for Tots drives. We did a tackle back to school event. And I'll kind of dig in a little bit on what these things are, but I want you to think about what are, what are some things you could do in your community that would be helpful. Uh, the recipe is have a plan and that's Cora on the screen. She, she's the daughter of one of my clients and for whatever reason, she really glommed onto me and, and referred to me as Uncle Eddie. So uh, I run with that whenever I can. I, have, I must have like the Midas touch with children. So, except my own, I guess. Uh, so what's the recipe, right? Have a plan, have a theme for your events, get the word out, pound the phones, and then have fun. Now, I'll dig in a little deeper on how you should do this, but I want to preface it with saying, once you do it, document everything, right? So that you can do it the same way the next year, improve upon it, you know, have, have a recipe that gets better over time, that sort of thing. We call it having one in the can, right? And if you run a team, you can tell all of your team members, hey, you should be doing this. And you absolutely can do whatever you want, something that resonates with you, right? It'll be better if it's something that's important to you. Um, at the same time, if you lack creative juice, use any of the ones we do because they're already in the can, right? So they can just swipe and deploy, R&D, like, like we all like to say, right? So what, what goes into the plan? Well, the first thing you have to decide is how many are you going to do? Is this going to be once a year thing? Are you going to try and do it more than that? Um, there was a time where I did them quarterly. Obviously, that was pre-COVID. <clears throat> it was also before I joined EXP and I had a staff, which cost me a lot of money. So I put them to work by doing events every quarter. Um, but you you can do them a lot easier and less expensive quarterly if you choose, or uh, annually or semi-annually. I mean, I I started quarterly. I I went to once a year during the two COVID years, I just did my Toys for Tots drive because I wanted to keep that going. And now I'm back up to twice a year. And so um, it's all up to you. Do what you can handle. What I would encourage you to think about is what's one thing you could do this year? If you've never done them, just do one. Push it out into the fall or winter so you give yourself plenty of runway and have fun with it, right? The other thing that's really important is you should always have a charity aspect to your event. Always. That's one of the things that Michael Maher uh, really drives home in his book. And that's because, sorry, someone's joining us. Um, and that's because it'll resonate more with your audience, right? And we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit more. But uh, a lot of people just do events to, to see people. And that's not a bad thing. But if you add charity a little extra spice to your event it'll make it uh go to the next level and i'll explain why in a second right so here's an example of some of the things you could do and if you guys want to shoot a picture of the screen it's not uh this isn't so that you can do these things it's just to give you ideas right but you can see in here uh pie day right i stole that from lonnie I don't do a pie day, but she does. March 14th, I think that's friggin' brilliant, right? You can give out pies. But one thing that she could do to augment it, if, if she isn't already, is 
make people bring a can of food as their ticket to admission, right? And now you can start collecting food that you could then donate to the food bank, right? Our shred event is a great example of that. We said, you saw that picture with all the bankers boxes of paper. We told people, bring whatever you want to shred. And we do it in April because that's tax time, right? And that's when you should be shredding stuff. Not shredding to hide from the IRS, shredding because you now only have to keep it seven years and you can get rid of all the eight-year-old stuff, right? But we told people, we will donate a pound of food for every pound of paper that we shred. Do you know how much we shred? 4,000 pounds of, of paper. And I have since figured out, if you go back far enough in my social media, you'll see a video of me basically saying, Costco's pretty smart. They worked it out so that one of those flat carts holds a thousand pounds of food. So we had to get four full flat carts of canned food. And man, you should have seen the faces on the people at the food bank when we showed up with all this food. It was awesome. So uh, think about it. Be creative. So my favorites are the shred event. Uh, Tackle back to school is one we do in the fall where where we just get together, we have a good time, and the the ticket to entry is bring school supplies. And then we provide backpacks. So we get tons of paper and pencils and pen boxes and all kinds of notepads and everything. And then we stuff them into, you know, 20 or 30 backpacks. And then we deliver those to a company in the area called Hopelink, which they may or may not be in your area but then they make sure they get to uh, students that have need, right? So uh, so tackle back school and then Toys for Tots is obviously, uh, not obviously, but one that I've been doing now for over five years and, and it's just an awesome event. And now people look forward to it and they save toys during the fall because they know they're gonna be able to donate them. So why is charity such an important thing or, or valuable thing? Well. You do a cup, you accomplish a few things by incorporating charity into your event, right? Number one is people are more likely to come when they feel like it's doing something good for the community, right? And in a in kind of a weird way, you also are helping them check a box that they had hoped to accomplish this year, but maybe hadn't yet. And now they're like, you know, they started the year going, well, this year I'm gonna finally do something for the community, I'm going to donate money or clothes or both. And, and now it's in my Toys for Tots events case. Now it's December, early December, they get a notice and they're like, crap, I haven't done that yet. I'm just going to go to Ed's thing and that'll allow me to check that box, right? So you can help people enhance their philanthropic efforts or create them in the first place, right? The other thing is when you when you include charity, it also will supercharge your engagement on social media platforms. So when people see it, they're, they always like and comment because they think it's a great thing and they wanna give you exposure for your event so they'll share it out and those sorts of things. Whether they're coming or not, it doesn't matter, right? But it's getting the word out and what does that do for your brand? Oh yeah, we're in real estate. Being top of mind's not a bad thing, is it? Right? So uh, make sure you do that and it doesn't have to be a burdensome thing for you, right? There's a continuum of expense that you can be on. The low end of the continuum is 
hey, bring a can of food. That's your cost for entry. And then you donate that food. Add to it if you want. You don't have to, right? You're bringing 4,000 pounds of food to a place or 40 pounds of food, whatever it is. They're going to be appreciative of it. You're going to get social media juice out of it. And that's that. Or you can do something more significant. So like um, for my Toys for Tots event, I told people that I would donate $5 for every toy that was donated. So guess what my son who works at Costco did? He went around to all his Costco coworkers, told him about this deal. They all gave him like 20 bucks each. He went down to Target and he bought the tiniest, cheapest toys he could get because that increased the money that dad was going to have to donate, right? So he shows up with hundreds of toys and they're all, you know, trinket type, which is fine. There's still a place for those, right? And it was great. We got tons of uh, awareness and notoriety. And, and then I get to play Santa Claus and go down to the Toys for Tots um, collection center here in our area and take photos with my arm around the master sergeant at arms and, and do all kinds of cool stuff. So, uh, so that's my point, though. You can, you can uh, add to what you're doing if you want to. That's a cool way to incentivize people to participate. Um, you can also just make it available. Like this is what I do for Toys for Tots is I put a link in my post that says, um, if you can't make it, maybe you can donate anyway, right? And I don't get credit for that donation. They don't have a like a tagged link that says this came from the Ed Lane team, but I don't care. I'm just trying to help raise money for a good cause, right? So, uh, and obviously you get to feel good too. So that's not not a bad thing. So what's the actual step-by-step? And I'm going to run you guys through our actual process and give you the kind of the timing and and what we deliver as far as messaging. But we get really good attendance. And it's because we work so hard on the front end to drive awareness and drive attendance, right? So starts with social media posts. We do the social media posts every week starting four to five weeks ahead of the event, right? So you have the initial announcement and then you have periodic reminders that we're doing it. Emails to our sphere weekly, starting a month ahead of time. We drive people to a landing page. It could be an Evite type of page. It could be a Google form is one that we've used a lot. Whatever it is to collect RSVPs, because if you're gonna provide any food or beverages, you're going to want to know how many people are going to show up, right? Send handwritten thank you notes to the people that RSVP'd right away. And then thank them on social media, right? You get an extra bump on social media for that. So you did your, hey, don't forget our event's coming up in three weeks. And then two days later, you get, hey, shout out to Lisa Kelly for RSVP. And we can't wait to see you on December or whatever, right? We actually send physical invitations to our sphere of influence. So uh, I send them to my A's and B's, and we, we can do a separate agent power huddle on how to classify your sphere of influence. But the, the really, really short version are A's are people that, who have referred me business, B's are people that, that would have shown how. So those people call you know, invitation sized envelope in the mail that leaves an impression, right? 
And it reminds them as, as people who have referred or would also reminds them of what a class act I am, right? Or it gives the illusion of what a class act I am. Then we pound the phones in the two weeks leading up because we wanna have voice to voice con contact with everybody that has been invited. And then you're gonna get some ancillary people showing up because of the social media promotion, but that's all a good thing, right? The more the merrier, especially if it's a, hey, bring a can of food for your admittance or bring school supplies or something like that. So this is the actual uh, postings that we did. I'm gonna show you what the invite looks like and everything, but you can see the top one, we created a Facebook event, right? And then we drove traffic to that event. And then we did social media posts, driving people and inviting people to the event. Then this is the physical invite on the left. And you'll notice the, the interesting shape. That's because I'm a cheapskate and we use not eight and a half by 11 to run through our printer, but uh, eight and a half by five and a half. So half of a sheet of paper can deliver the same message as a full sheet of paper but it can save you money. And the best part is it, it then fits in an invitation size envelope, right? Think about when you get home and you get your mail. Everything that's eight and a half by 11 is either a bill or a notice or something negative, right? But you get the little envelope and your, your heart goes up, right? And your eyes go up and your emotion goes up. It triggers the, the, the physiological effect of happiness. So think about that, right? And then on the right is another example of an invitation that's on cardstock that you could send out. So uh, we actually do that. And then we make the phone calls, right? This is very hard to read, but this is the script for the phone calls, right? Then they get a text message the day before. I think I have another, here's a better image of the script for the to phone calls. Right. And you'll notice it says, if yes, how many people should we count on? We want to make sure we have enough food. Right. If they say no, we actually plug the next event. Anyway, I'll let you go. We have these events a few times a year. Our next one will be to support Toys for Tots. Hopefully you can make that one. So we inoculate them in September about a December event if they say no to the September event. Make sense? All right, and then on the day of, you only have two goals, talk to people and have fun, right? You're gonna be the Pied Piper of the event. You're gonna run around and make sure everyone else is having a good time. I told you I'm like the Pied Piper for children, although he looks a little trepidatious, doesn't he? He's like, what the hell? Uh, in our office pre-COVID, we had a dual tap kegerator so our parties were always fun, uh, but that's up to you to decide. If alcohol is not appropriate, then don't do it. With my sphere, it's very appropriate. They're bad influence, I'm telling you. And I think, yeah, that's it. So open it up for questions. One thing I didn't really dive into is the after, right? The post event. Post event is real simple. It's Handwritten thank you notes to the people that showed up. It's social media posts and promotion, boosting as well with photos and video of the event. And then you ride the wave, right? Referrals come out of these pretty much every time. 
Any questions? It's quite a crowd. So I'll give it two perspectives. <laughs> I yeah. talked to a past yeah. client um, yesterday because I haven't done a lot of these. I actually just did a shred event a week ago and it was wildly successful. Crazy. But um, amazing how much people are so grateful to get rid of their stuff. I know. But, um, I yeah. And I have a listing appointment tomorrow from it, directly from it. Hey, you know, it it's wild. But I also talked on the flip side. I talked to a past client. And I hadn't spoke, you know, talked to her in years and she's actually buying and selling with somebody else because they did an Easter egg hunt that she took her grandkids oh. to. <laughs> and I'm like, you like that stuff? Because I'm not a like goer to these kinds of things. Yeah. So, but not everybody's like us. And I think that's one of the biggest things to remember, yeah. you know, yeah. we're not, it's not about you. So I was, and she goes, Oh, I saw your name. I said, thanks for taking my call anyway. And then I just asked her so many questions. How do you like to be kept in touch? So you like these things. And she was just like, yeah, we love events. I'm like, all right. So Ed, thank you for being so timely. <laughs> Note to self. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you, you know, one thing, Connie, th A, thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. Uh, but also that I get deals from people that don't show up and don't engage. So I'm not even aware that they're aware of these events, but then they bring them up when we meet. They're like, yeah, yeah, you do these cool things and I've yet to go to any of them, but man, I think that's awesome, right? Or something to that effect. And top of mind awareness is the, is the magic sauce for real estate, right? Because in my market, there's literally 30,000 realtors. So everyone you know, knows more than one. Right. And oh, yeah, no, this is really great. This is really great. And that's good to hear too, because I've just started doing this stuff and it's really good to hear that, you know, just your whole plan is great. So thank you. Really. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Ed, thank you so much. This is Michelle from uh, Northern California. So I just teamed up with a business partner of mine who's been in the market 25 years and she does a garage sale for her farm in her, in her neighborhood every year for like the last 20 and every year, at least one listing appointment comes from her efforts. And I always like, I like kind of watch her do the orchestration, which seemed like so much. But if it's always turning into business, yeah. And she's also like the people that don't engage will know that she does them. Like, oh, you're the one that does all the garage sales for the neighborhood. And it always comes with something. So thank you for reaffirming the effort always matters. Like, and it could be fun with like a, like a canned food drive admission. I love that. Like, that's so cool. Yeah, it's it's thank you for sharing Michelle, but it, you're exactly right. And it it the litany of things you can do, it it's anything. Like I know people that are into rowing, so they do a fundraiser for the local crew association. It it can be anything. Pick something that interests you. Like it should either be a a benefit because it's a, a service like shredding that people need or it should be a charity that resonates with you and hopefully resonates with other people, you know, like toys for tots or, or whatever. So, um, but have fun with it. And don't, the thing that I've seen people do that that's a mistake is they see a presentation or a video like this and they think, Oh, I'm going to do that. And I'm going to do it quarterly. And then they do nothing because it is an effort, right? 
to do something quarterly means that you're starting preparation on the next one the day after you finish the last one, if you're going to do a good job. So that's not a bad thing, but it probably means you might need some help to pull it off. And so start small, right? If you want to just plan on one this year, like, like I said, I, I did toys for tots through COVID. I haven't yet done one this year, but I'm planning to do two. And they'll be the tackle back to school. You can see the banner behind the kid's head right there. Uh, and toys for tots, because I'll always do toys for tots. So um, pick something that's realistic, a goal that's realistic, and just do one. And then next year, you can decide if you want to just do one again or do two. Right. I'm going to go back to uh, Cora's adorable face. Any other questions? Ta-da, there she is. We had our office shared uh, the building with Walgreens. And if you guys know Walgreens, one of their fundraisers is uh, the awareness program where they give out these clown noses and so i had that on my desk and she was like oh, can i have that and who, how do you say no to that little face right all right what other questions are there and if there aren't any we can wrap this up i have a question because uh the handwritten notes is a timely task when it comes to like you know a lot of people responding and things like that did you ever have an assistant kind of help you with that no but one cheat that i did michelle is uh sendoutcards.com you can create your own handwriting font with them oh great that's that's yeah. a great cheat thank you yeah so if you know and it it's funny, my business partner, former business partner and I used to have this fight, not fight, but debate, because he thought, oh, that's lame, you know, because people can tell. The irony was he would write his handwritten cards with a Sharpie specifically for the reason that you could fit fewer words if you wrote it with a Sharpie, so it would go faster. But I could type and copy and paste and use this font. And so I, one day I sent him a card with the font just to prove to him that it looks pretty damn realistic. And he was like, all right, you got me. This, this is pretty good, but it doesn't pass the smudge test. I'm like, who cares? Right. It's all about the impression. So I will handwrite Michelle to answer your question shorter. I'll handwrite if it's, you know, like 10 or fewer, but if it's more than that, I'll use send out cards. Plus with send out cards, you can upload, your own images, right? So you, you can use a photo from your event as your thank you, which I've done a lot. So and I should point out, Michelle, I was born in San Francisco. That's awesome. I'm north uh, in Sonoma County. That's awesome. oh. My dad was, this is so tangential, but I'm going to share it anyway. My dad was the longest tenured graveyard sergeant in the history of the California Highway Patrol. That's hard and, work a man right there. <laughs> and I'm Ed Lane Jr. So every time I got pulled over, 
they take my license. They go, Ed Lane, huh? And I go, yeah, does it sound familiar? And they'd look at me weird, like, no, should it? Well, my dad's a lieutenant and whatever. And they're like, all right, hang on. So I never got it. All right, get out of here, kid. (laughs) Yeah. What I did not know is that they had a policy, like an unwritten policy that said if any uh, highway patrolman pulled over a family member and let him off, the the related highway patrolman had to give him a bottle of their favorite booze. So as every adult, time it must have been a lot. How many times, Ed, did you get pulled over? You yeah, said every it, time. Was, it was probably like six times, I think. So I, I definitely apologized to my dad when I was an adult when I found that out. Well, I appreciate all of you joining me. I uh, am committed to finishing on time. So we are at the bottom of the hour. If you'd like more information or to get connected to the Agent Power Huddle, join our free Facebook group. This call was designed for the agents in our EXP organization, but open to any agent from any brokerage. If you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about EXP or our specific resources within the Agent Collective, reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.